Mm. <laughs> Ooh, what's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. We back, man. Back again. I got the co-host of the decade. Co-host of the century. Co-host of a lifetime. H2O, man. Get in on this, man. Can't stress this enough. How much water have you had lately? Are you worried about what people are doing for you lately? What this person did for me lately? What they ain't doing for me? What did they... All of that is irrelevant if you ain't drinking enough water in your life. You complaining about a lover, a friend, a family member not being there for you. You know who's there for you? You know who's there for you? Water. H2O. You make time for water, it's going to make time for you. It's a privilege, man. This is the relationship you need to cultivate and worry about. Because if you ain't got enough water in your life, that friend you complaining about, that that spouse, that boyfriend, girlfriend, that friend you complain, man, it ain't going to mean nothing if you're dead. It ain't going to mean nothing if you're dead. And without this, you're dead. You might not die right away, but you, it's going to come for you fast. You can prevent a lot of problems if you take this in on a daily basis and a lot of it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? You feel me? You heard me? You heard me? You feel me? Come on, man. Get in on this, man. Filtration. Clean yourself out, man. Pee it up. It's all clean. If you pee a lot, so what? Hush. We peeing. I'm peeing every two minutes. I just be peeing now. And it be running up on me. No warning, nothing. Pee now. And I do it. And it's worth it. Cleansing myself. Getting all this bullshit up out of there, man. You know what I'm saying? Get in on this, man. When you think of Tony Baker, I want you to think water. I don't want you to think funny. I don't want you to think, you know, man, Tony Baker's funny. I don't want you to think animal voiceovers. I don't want you thinking about Serene Sassi. I don't want you thinking about Sabrina. I want you to think water. As soon as my name is mentioned, man, let me let me take a sip. That's the legacy I want to leave. Man, that Tony Baker, man, he really had me drinking water. That's the legacy I'm looking for. Okay? Just so y'all know, man. Got Sabrina, producer extraordinaire up in here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Amir on the ones and twos. And we in here. We in here, right here, right now. Cold chilling. Look at this. Oh, product placement. <laughs> they product owe you money. placement. <laughs> they owe you money. <laughs> yeah, man. Apple, write that check. <laughs> I got millions of listeners and views on verbal cardio. <clears throat> You know what I'm saying? Um, what's going on in the world, man? Oh, man, what is What's going happening on? out here? What's um, going on in the world today? Uh, this is silly, but I thought it was funny. Like, it was interesting. So somebody tweeted that there's going to be a Friday prequel mm -hmm. with Drewski. Do you know who Drewski is? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but Ice Cube shut that shit down. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, snap. You don't want to... They was going to do a prequel? A prequel, right. Okay. That's That don't even make any sense. Right. Like, but he was Who like, is Drewski? Here, uh, I'm sure you've seen him before. 
he he's oh. like a chubbier dude and he has this one meme where it's like what do you mean by that i love that fucking meme i think of that all the time He's a chubby dude. What do you mean by that? Um, well, I guess I can go to his Instagram. Yeah, Hold just, on. it's D R U S K I. Drewski. Drewski too funny. Yeah. All right, Drewski too funny. And he got three point nine million uh, followers. Yeah. Oh, I seen this guy. Wait, hold on. Tony, don't be Make sure that's in. him. Oh yeah, I seen this guy before. Oh okay, I seen his face. I seen him. Uh. I seen him around the social medias and such. Oh yeah, he be he be posted. Okay. Like he's So he I take it he would be Craig? I would assume so. So wait, Drewski and who? Hold on, I forgot who the other person was. Hmm. I just remember that uh, Ice Cube was like, Man, get this shit out of here. <laughs> wait, let me find the tweet. Oh, shout out to uh Man, I was trying to I, I was trying to find the Instagram Vince Staples? Oh, Vince Staples and Drewski. Oh. So so would Vince Staples be smoking? Oh, he said, this is blasphemy. Yeah. Ice Cube said this is blasphemy. Yeah. Ah. A Friday prequel is in the works for HBO Max. Comedian Drewski and r- rapper Vince Staples are attached to the lead roles. Here's my thing, man. Here's my, here's my opinion on on them doing a prequel. It's not necessary. It's not. We don't need a Friday prequel. If anything, all we've ever wanted was a sequel with all of the cast members. All of them. We've, all we've ever wanted was Chris Tucker to come back to Friday. That's all we've ever wanted. We don't need prequels. We don't need recasts. We want Chris Tucker back. That's all we've ever wanted. We we got the sequels already, okay? And we know what they're all missing. Smokey. Facts. We don't want Smokey recap. We don't want the next generation. We don't want the new. We don't want none of that. No disrespect to the, you know, the cast that they would put in it. We don't want it. And if Ice Cube don't want it, why do it? DJ Pooh and Ice Cube created Friday. DJ Pooh and Ice Cube created Friday. The people that they cast made that movie magical. F. Gary Gray did a great job at directing the first Friday, one of the funniest movies of all time, in my opinion. It would be nice for a sequel, but when Chris Tucker left, some of that magic was gone. No disrespect to Mike Epps, but... You know, he was funny in there. Day Day is a dope character. But there was something missing with Chris Tucker leaving. Chris Tucker was magical in that joint. So it's like, and and, and it, you know, since Ice Cube doesn't own the rights to Friday, it's, you know, if they want to push forward and do this, I guess they can get it done. But it's like, come on, man. Come on. We don't need it. Make something new. Make something new with Vince Staples and Drewski. Just make a whole new project. Why does it have to be a Friday prequel? You can make a complete new entity, man. People are so scared of just creating new shit. 
Don't nobody want to take a risk. Don't nobody want to gamble. And I get it. Stuff be failing. I get it. We live in we live in a movie day and age where, you know, these movie studios don't want to gamble on new shit because people don't pull up to the box office and support the new shit. I get it. It's scary. But when the new shit does work, you, you clearly see an audience that's hungry for new ideas, new stories, new characters. And like, uh, but I get it. It's all about money at the end of the day. And like, if you go in there, like, like the comic book movies are winning because they already have established properties and identities. They come in. We already know the stories. We already know the backstories. We're already familiar with the characters. So if they want to put this money up. They want to have some kind of guarantee that there's a fan base that's going to show up. I get that. But when you're talking smaller scale new ideas and, and dramas and comedies, take the risk and come with something new, man. Enough with the, yeah, we're going to do a sequel. We're going to do a remake. We're going to do a prequel. Playing is safe asses, man. Playing is safe. Friday wasn't a, a prequel to nothing. Think about a lot of think about a lot of, of comedies that just nailed it out of the park. Dumb and Dumber. There's something about Mary. Friday. Anchorman. Goddamn uh Ghostbusters. Back to the Future. Beverly Hills Cop. These were these were new movies and they, they were breaking records and like, you know, standing the test of time and just really resonating with audiences. My big fat Greek wedding. Huge hits just coming in on their own steam, man. Bridesmaids, Wedding Crashers, The Hangover. Come in fresh, and I get it. Nothing wrong with a sequel. There's nothing wrong with a sequel, but once that well runs dry and you done, you done bled out the property, when the, when the sequels have diminishing returns, that's when you just tap out on the whole series. It's very rare that you can revive a franchise further down the line after it dries up. That's very rare. And, and with comedies, it's even tougher. Like Fast and Furious was able to do it, but you can do that with action. Comedy is going to be tough. When you come in there with new cast members, it, it's not going to hit the same. So that's that on that. You know what I mean? What else is going on? Uh, director Steve McQueen gets knighted. Oh, wait. Steve McQueen? Uh, Yeah, the director of 12 Years. Oh, I was thinking of the, Steve, the McQueen, Steve McQueen. The white guy from back in the day. I was like, why the hell is this American ass getting knighted? <laughs> oh, that's Steve McQueen. Yeah. Okay. And somebody asks, what's your favorite movie? By Steve McQueen? Mm-hmm. Steve McQueen, refresh my filmography on him. Uh, I need his lineup. So he did 12 Years a Slate, okay. Slave, uh, Widows. Okay. Remember how hyped we were for Widows? Man, we were pumped up about Widows. <laughs> so excited, oh, man, man. The cast, it was just like, oh, oh sign me up, man. The premise? Mm-hmm. It didn't deliver. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, The rest of the movies I haven't really heard of uh, Hunger, Mangrove, Lover's Rock, Alex Weedle, Education, Deadpan, Shame, and Red, White, and Blue here. Okay, so honestly, I've only seen two of his movies. So Steve McQueen, 
My favorite Steve McQueen movie is uh, 12 Years a Slave because I've only seen two of his movies. I haven't seen Shame. I've heard about it. You see Michael Fassbender's penis in this movie. I've heard. Um, I love that. Uh, that was important to mention. Yeah, because it was, you know, the premise of that movie was... His penis? No, he, he has a sex addiction. Oh. Um, and, you know, people are always going to look at the penis. When the penis shows up from an actor... Y'all gonna look. I'm looking. Sabrina gonna Google it later on or now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's saved in my phone already. Y'all gonna tap in and check it out. Uh, when I when I see uh, Gillian Murphy, all I think about is his penis. In oh, because it showed in 28 days in later? In 28 days later. Yeah. Opening shot. Opening shot. We opened up that's on a, his penis. That's the way you open up a movie. I mean, you gotta zoom in, but it's still you penis saw and out zombies. The and that... that that was my intro to him as yeah. an actor. Mm-hmm. So it was like pe- the penis guy. Yeah. Penis, zombies, blue eyes. Yeah. Okay. And that's, uh, so yeah, all I got is I've only seen uh, 12 Years of Slave and Widows. So I saw Shane. I think I watched Shane, but it didn't really resonate. So I'm going to go 12 Years of Slave. Okay. Yeah. Steve McQueen. Shout out to him for getting knighted. Yeah. I don't know what that does for you. Once you get knighted, He's now Sir. Yeah, but Steve McQueen. Does that give you discounts on groceries? Like going through, like what? What is being knighted? Once you become Sir such and such, what does that do for you going forward in the United Kingdom? All right, I will tell what you. What are the perks of being knighted? Oh, <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins, Sir Michael Caine, Sir Steve McQueen. So shout out to Anthony Hopkins. A knighthood. Uh huh is a title that is given to a man by a British king or queen for his achievements or his service to his country. A man who has been given a knighthood can put sir in front of his name instead of mister. What are the benefits? Knights have the right to to use a prefix sir. Really, that's we're really all about this sir thing. Yeah. They, um, before they give a name in post-nominal letters after their last name. And are cited accordingly in official documents, including passports and public announcements. A knighthood also gives you a place in the official order of presidents in the United Kingdom. Presidents. It, you know, you just really get sir. That's it. That's it. I mean, if you ain't getting discounts throughout the city, man, the countryside. It it raises awareness of their work, ideas, and projects. I'm sorry. That's what Instagram is for. Your face. <laughs> I'm just saying. You were all in thinking I was going to give you something. Good. Man, I'm kind of disappointed in the... In the knighthood? In the knighthood, man. Did they get armor, a sword? Some records indicate that knights were paid two shillings per day for their services in 1316. And when this is converted to 2018 valued pounds, mm. this translates roughly to 6,800 pounds per day. Oh. Well, if you get 6,800 pounds per... Oh, shit. Knight me up. <laughs> Give me the sword on each shoulder. Like, ooh, it, it says ooh. were paid. Oh. They don't do this no more. Oh, God. Well, then, well, then what are we doing out here? <laughs> no armor. You can't walk around in the suit of armor. You don't get a sword. What's the point of the knighthood? Just sir? That ain't enough for me. Sir Tony Baker. I don't care. Sir Anthony Charles Baker. It would have to be Anthony Charles if I'm be if I'm gonna get knighted. I'm gonna change my name. 
Oh, well, I'm not changing my name, but I'm going to just go by this. Yeah. Sir Anthony Charles Baker the first. <laughs> That's how they would bring me to the comedy stage. I want y'all to give it up right now for Sir Anthony Charles Baker the be, first. There'd be so much commotion. There'd be clapping. but like, oh, my yeah. God, what the hell? Oh, my God, sir. Sir, <laughs> what? Oh. And then they say it to you. Oh, it's Tony Baker. Yes, yeah, it's, it's me. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It don't sound like it's all that, man. But, you know, congrats. I don't want to, you know, disrespect anybody that's been knighted or wants to be knighted or, you know, not to discredit Steve McQueen. It's a great accomplishment. Yeah, it's really dope. But I was just hoping for more, you know. It sounds cool. It sounds like I'm a knight. Like, that's cool. Yeah. But if you ain't got no suit of armor, man, are you really a knight? I think, I think it's so cool that the queen knighted you. Like, the whole psh, psh, yeah. the sword thing. I, I love that. I'm here for it. Yeah. But then after that moment, it's gone. And will she remember you? Oh, absolutely. I don't know, man. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of disappointed in the, in the knighthood, man. Give me the money, bring oh, that yes. back. Give me the shillings, <laughs> the pounds. Give me those. Your shillings looked interesting. They didn't look like they were, were valuable. <laughs> shillings, sir. Two shillings. Their teeth was just terrible. Mm -hmm. Two shillings. I got like three teeth. Talking about some shillings. Uh, what else going on? Um, Snoop be busy. Snoop does be busy, man. <laughs> Snoop is a busy Snoop man. Snoop is out here working. So uh, he's going to be a playable character in Call of Duty. Oh, and wow. I, I felt like that was really? re relevant to us because we play Call of Duty. You play play more than me. In the one back. I play? Yeah. Well, it said Vanguard and Modern Warfare. Oh. So... Because everything that Vanguard gets, we get. We're, we've been yeah. getting lately. Okay. Because they're trying to pull us in there. So we could be Snoop running around. That'd be hilarious. I would actually change my character finally. Oh, 100%. I would be Snoop running around and some Chucks. Hell yeah. That's dope. But he'd be busy, man. He's everywhere. He is literally everywhere. He's got so much going on. He's got shows popping. He's still making music. He got that super group with Too Short, E-40, and Ice Cube. He out here hosting shows. I'm like, he out here very, very posty on uh, Instagram. He oh, just, man. he just out here doing it. And everything he hosts is with like the most. It's like the most opposite end of the spectrum, like uh, Martha Stewart. Yeah. And now he's uh, Kelly Clarkson. Like, how are those two together? But yeah. here we are. Well, Martha Stewart and him make sense. Mm. Cause Martha be smoking. She, you know, she was locked up. She, she got, was locked up. She got up. street cred. She got more street Snoop cred. Snoop almost him. went to jail, but she went. She went. She served time mm -hmm. on the hard, hard streets. She's adorable, by she the was way. In prison. Oh, absolutely. Martha Stewart, a <laughs> little voice. The way she so be cute. talking, it be all calm. Mm -hmm. It's cause she be high. <laughs> she high as a kite. Of course, you're gonna be calm, Martha Stewart. She be talking and presenting and cooking. Man, I, let me tell y'all something, man. I love cooking shows. I don't know if Sabrina wants this, but I want so much for her to have a cooking show. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think she really want one, but if she do, it would just be the biggest shit. She would be on magazine covers at the grocery store and by the register. She would just blow up. 
And it's, you know, because for me, she's got a great voice, personality. And so she got the personality. She's doing her thing. She's throwing the food in there. She's cracking jokes. She's being her. And then if you got to listen to her tell you the ingredients, the voice is soothing and smooth. And it's just like, and she looks like a cook we we just don't see on TV, especially from a woman perspective. Mm. It's like, man, dog. She need a cooking show. And I watch cooking stuff. Even though, even though I no longer eat meat, I still watch I watch I watch anything being cooked. Me too. And there's this video, there's this Instagram page I follow where this dude be cooking in the woods with a sharp ass knife. I love the shit out of these videos. He be cooking in the woods, super, super sharp blade, and he just be outside. He'd be using like a, a a little natural fire there. And I'd just be like, I'd be all in on this page. I'll tell you the exact page because I'd just be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember you posted it Man. not too long ago and you're like, I love this. And there, I, I also follow a guy like that who lives in the woods. Man. And he'd just be cooking. His voice is so soothing. He'd be like, oh, well, hello there, buddy. Oh, he'd be talking. He just says, well, hello there, buddy. And then he'll tell you about his day. And oh, like, man. And then he watches like old school movies. There's one video where he's watching like Mighty Ducks and making. Oh, I know. you. Okay. Yeah, I reposted him. Yeah, I seen that on your repost. So the this the one I follow is Men with the Pot. Men with the Pot. Got 1.2 million followers. He just be outside cooking cooking stuff. Like he may he be making like you you just see it from start to finish, and I'll just be like this. So check out Men with the Pot on Instagram. He got a super sharp blade. He be cutting up all the vegetables and chopping onions, and he got the tomatoes going, and he chopping those. And he's outside. It's cloudy looking. It's green. It looks like it's slightly raining. But he's still out there. He got the fire going. And that's my vibe all day anyway. So he chopping tomatoes. He chopping parsley. Ugh. Parsley's what really got you right there. Man. He <laughs> chopping chili. Just cutting it up. And the camera angles are fire. Mm. You know, oh, yeah. I'm really excited about cooking today. Oh. Especially after what I made yesterday. Oh, I'm excited to eat it. Man. That was great. Anyway, I went off on a tangent right there. Oh, oh, hey, Kenan Baker, man, get this money, though. Don't you take off. Wait, don't let him leave. Oh, Kenan. Uh, hold on. Hold on, y'all. We, we were oh, trying not to. We were trying not to disturb the podcast. But Kenan Baker just dropped off a hat for Tony. What's up, man? Kenan Baker's in here, y'all. We may or may not be related. You may or may saying? not. Y'all, y'all never know, though. Oh, yeah. once the ancestry comes back, you know. Yeah, we about to find out. Are I you getting to the ancestry? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, don't worry about the change, man. Just, just take he it. Dead it. Let me get the bucket pocket. hat. Let me see that hat. Let me put it on now, man. So, Kenan Baker. Yeah. Kenan Baker got that merch, y'all. Okay. He got, a, he got a uh, Dragon Ball Z-inspired Kenan Baker bucket hat. It says KB on it. He sells these on the road. You sell them online? Uh, if you DM me right now, they're, they're not on the uh, website yet. That's just perfect, man. Boom, man. Out here. Out here. Y'all see it. The KB. He sells these on the road. 
right now. So if you come to uh, where you at next on the road? New York. So he'll be in New York selling these. I got those. I got yeah. the truckers. Yeah, you got the trucker hat too. I got beanies. Beanies might be kind of hot for y'all, but I still bring them. Yeah, because that, that cold weather gonna come back. Yeah, you told me to power up. I, uh, this ain't my podcast, man. I can't be powering up, man. That's that's that might be a no power up, man. Tell them about your podcast, man. Oh man, hey yeah. Oh, I see some shun gangs in here. Anime shun gang people, man. Thank y'all. Uh, ah, that's what I can give you right now, man. Yeah. Uh, I have a heart attack. But thank y'all, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. If you see us on the road with Tony, New York, I got some uh some stuff for y'all. He'll be with me in New York City, and he'll have these hats with him. So, yeah. The Keenan Baker bucket hat. You know what I'm saying? Check out the Animation Podcast. It's with Keenan Baker, Brendan Edwards, uh, with Rob, and, uh, and Ice, Ice, Ice McGowan. Ice McGowan, man. They be talking anime all day, every day. Appreciate so that. pull up on that. Yeah, man. Thanks for bringing it, though. Yes, um, yes, sir. Yeah, man. We out here, man. We get we get pop-ups and verbal cardio, man. We got cameo. Yeah, for sure. Cameo. Mm-hmm. What else going on? You know what I'm talking about? You feel me? Um, well, Twitter is claiming that they bullied Kylie Jenner into changing her son's name. That may or may not be true, but she is no longer calling her son Wolf. That oh, so the baby's name is Wolf. Was Wolf. How old is that baby? Fresh, probably still got placenta on it. Wait, they just had a new one. They had a new one. I don't remember when. I ain't gonna lie. I really don't pay attention huh. to Kylie's life. Okay. I think I remember her talking about that she was. They got two pregnant. kids. They got two kids now. I know Stormy. Stormy's adorable. Oh, so Stormy's the the older one. Okay. Yeah, she's so Wolf. So they changing the name from Wolf to. We they give a new name. Yeah, they no. Nah, she didn't say it. Hmm. She just said in the tweets. So Twitter feels like. The people bullied her into changing it? Yeah. Were they roasting the name? Yeah. So oh. uh, she said, for your info, our son's name isn't Wolf anymore. We just really didn't feel like it was him. Just wanted to share because I keep saying Wolf everywhere. I mean, it's a baby. Of course it's not him. Nothing's him. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is him. Right. He has no personality. Oh, he was born on uh, February 22nd? Okay. Oh, Really? They, that, wolf. They must have. What if Wolf already got attached to the name? I know he like right. weeks old, but still, he know he know. Like, nah, man, Wolf. I, for me, me personally, if my name was Wolf, I'm all in. Wolf Baker. Man, Wolf Baker. That's a dope name. <laughs> Shit, give me that name. Hell yeah, Wolf. That's a dope name. I wonder why they changed it for real, for real. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm curious. But that's a good name, in my opinion. Tiger, Strong Wolf, name. Eagle, shit, Falcon. Stormy and Wolf is like, that's a cute. Stormy and Wolf as a combo? Because you cute. know that's how they're going to be saying it. Mm-hmm. As a family, they're going to be like, Stormy and Wolf? I got to pick up Stormy and Wolf. It yeah, flows. Okay. Yeah. Stormy and Wolf, they kept me up all night. I got to put Stormy and Wolf in school. And he never has to worry about it looking weird on a resume because they're never going to fill out a resume. So right. it's like they don't have to worry about. That's the thing of the about being rich and naming yeah. your kids anything like Apple. Yeah, nobody's gonna look at it on a resume and be like, "What the hell is this?" So I wonder if it's Stormy Scott and Wolf Scott. Oh yeah, Wolf Scott. Wait, no, really his flow. last his last name. His last name's Webster. Yeah, Webster. Yeah, yeah. Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, so his, oh, so Wolf Webster and Stormy Webster. Stormy Webster is adorable, but I think it's because I've seen it, I see it so much that yeah. I'm used to it. Stormy Webster, and then Wolf Scott uh, Webster. So his last name is is Scott in his name at all? No, his it name may be middle. I don't know what his middle no. name is. Is his name his, Travis? No, his no, name is Jacques Berman Webster the second. His name ain't even Travis. No. Man, what the hell is going on out here? <laughs> it's the stage name. Yeah. So he just made up a first name that's a basic first name. He looks so betrayed. Man, because it's like, I just knew his name was Travis. Because Travis, Travis is not a name where you be like, man, Travis. Call me Travis. It's a travesty is what it is. I used to have a joke I used to tell on stage about the name Travis. <laughs> because it was rooted in... The, the the premise was there was a chimpanzee that mauled this woman. She had a pet chimpanzee or whatever you want to call it, companion. I feel like you would call a chimpanzee a companion more than a pet. So anyway, his name was Travis. He mauled this woman. And I was like, man, you shouldn't have trusted him anyway because his name was Travis. And that word stems from the word travesty. And so it's a travesty. And I did this whole act out and elaborate thing about where the name came from. And it was like, it's a travesty. Because it was like, you know, a king, his wife cheated on him. And then the baby was a travesty upon thy name and thy kingdom. Your name will be Travis henceforth. And so, like, that was the whole bit and why you could never trust the name Travis. And lo and behold, Somebody picking Travis as their stage name out here. And then there was a travesty at his show. It was a travesty at the concert. Mm-hmm. I am betrayed today. This is just, I just knew his name was Travis. <laughs> his name is Jacques Webster. He could have been Jacques in music. Jacques. You go to that Jacques concert? Oh, but is that too much like Young Jock? No. Okay. Nobody think about Young Jock. Travis Scott surpassed him, but Travis Scott has a nice ring to it. It does. I mean, let's, let's you know. It's two first names. It's a this Travis Scott flow. It's, it's a good. Mm-hmm. It's marketable. Yeah, but where did I want to know where he got the Travis from? Like, why was that the move? No, no, man, call me Travis. Why Travis? I got questions. I always feel like people be giving them those names, too, like a lot of stage names. Because mm-hmm. whenever you hear about, like, where'd you get the name from? I'm like, well, you know, my grandmother walked in. and Or, like, you know, or mm-hmm. my manager was like, you right. know, what you would really, you'd really go far if you went by da yeah. Travis Montague is a subscriber. <laughs> Travis. It says he got the name from his favorite uncle, combined it with the first name. Well, I had a okay. feeling that Scott came from Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi's first name is Scott, and that's Scott his biggest, Scotty. one of his biggest inspirations. So I knew that part, but I didn't okay. know. I wasn't sure about the Travis part, but it says, uh, according to Wikipedia, his favorite uncle, combined with the first name of one of his inspirations, Kid Cudi, whose real name is Scott Muscutty. Yeah, Scott, Scott. Oh, we're gonna come back to Scott Muscutty in a minute. Yeah, we gotta come back to I'm gonna review his movie. Um, Travis Scott is very, I mean, uh, uh, Kid Cudi 
is very influential in music. Absolutely. The beauty about Kid Cudi is that he was talking about depression and all this stuff that like nobody was really talking about in that realm. And he made it a very real thing. Yep. And it was just a lot of people like, yeah, me too. You know, you know, what's dope about uh, Kid Cudi. And, and this is what this is what I always say about being authentic because he was talking about this stuff. He developed a, a loyal fan base and following. So whenever he drops an album, they do numbers. Even though he doesn't technically have like hit singles or anything like that, anytime he drops an album, they pull up because he connected to a uh, a fan base that really connected to what he was talking about. And his sound is very influential. So it's just like, man, you hear his sound all over the place. And and once you have an influential artist that influences other artists, then they, they all start to sound the same and get lost in the sauce or whatever. But then the initial sort is like Richard Pryor with his stand-up style. It's like you know, you saw Richard Pryor in so many Def Jam casts. It was just like, so when you go back and watch Richard Pryor, you'd be like, man, I feel like I heard all this already. Well, no, they got it from Richard. And so since you're coming back late, it all seems like Richard got it from them when it's not the case. Because mm-hmm. I remember listening to... My introduction to Kid Cudi was uh, on 808s and Heartbreak on that song, Welcome to Heartbreak. He was on there with Kanye, and I loved the song. And I was like, who's this Kid Cudi guy? And then I listened to his album, and uh, it was different. It was like something I hadn't heard before, but it sounded like it was birthed out of 808s and Heartbreak. It had that same vibe. And so... uh, I still listen to quite a few tracks on that first album. I didn't really visit his his subsequent albums after that, but that first album, man, I, I rotated that pretty regularly. And me and the boys have a special connection. Me and the Baker boys have a special connection with Day and Night by Kid Cudi. And uh, that was a single he just put up on MySpace, and it blew up over time. Like, you know, it was like, and that's another, let that be a lesson to y'all. Like, if you have something, like a work of art or, like, a post or whatever, and it doesn't really get traction when you first put it up, but you know it's good, you feel it's good, you like it, keep keep reposting it every so often because you never know what's going to blow up. Because that happened to me with the voiceovers. Like, you know, the the raccoon eating the cat's food. That was an old video that I did in 2015. Um, no, actually... 2013 i did it in 2013 it blew up in 2015 and so just because i reposted it and so the reason day and night resonates with me and the boys is because we we watched that video on repeat when they first when he first did a video for it we would just always watch that video and sing the song we would play the song so me and the baker boys have a special connection with uh day and night by kid cuddy so Kid Cudi will have a special place within me because of that. Me and the Baker boys got good, good memories. A day and night, the lonely loner seems to free his mind at night. It's a dope song. So shout out to Kid Cudi. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of him. Cudi. Yeah, and his, his sound was so dope. Yeah. For sure, it sounded like. It almost sounded like binaural beats mixed in with like hip hop beats and like. Yeah. It was just different. It was dope. 
But it was different. It was it was unique. It was mm-hmm. like, man, he's a rapper, but he don't sound like a rapper. Mm-hmm. Big friend. Yeah. Uh, let's get to some of these questions. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, shall we? Um, Marcus J asked, first thing you doing after checking for the booty production in the hotel shower in NYC? What are you gonna do? First thing I do. Wait, what was the question? What's the first thing you're gonna do in NYC after? Oh, after. Okay. Uh, I really want biscuits from, um, yes. um, what's the name of Peace Food? Peace Food. Peace Food. I really want biscuits from Peace Food. Peace Food Cafe. Yeah. That's, that's going to be my first order of business. Biscuits. These vegan biscuits. And what I'm excited about is now I'm going to get them fresh. Fresh. Now I'm going to get them, I'm going to probably get them every day that I'm out there. I'm going to just get a biscuit. Um. That's my plan anyway. Um, everything else is just, you know, it's tough because I love New York so much, but this is my first time being in New York where I have a show every single night. And so now I got two shows on two of those nights. And so I won't have the usual time that I've had in New York to just kind of roam around and just walk mm-hmm. and just be walking because I love walking in New York City, man, because it's super walkable public transportation and i love walking man and it's like man it's just the walk the walkableness never ends i mean it ends but you know it's just and i love how new york i don't really want to sleep a lot when i'm there i know i need to get the rest but i don't don't want to miss nothing (laughs) i want to I want to walk. I want to, you know, go to places. I want to go to the the uh, the comedy cellar and hang out after my shows. And my shows are gonna be done late. I still want to be at the cellar, just hanging out, standing around outside, drooling to get in, mm-hmm. and just just talking, looking at insomnia cookies across the street on the late night tip. Maybe get a slice of pizza. I don't know. But uh, but the first thing though. Peace food biscuit. Yes, sir. Knowing my luck, though, and my mutant ability, peace food going to be like, we stopped selling the biscuits. No. We ran out. No. We're closed. No. We changed locations. We're now in uh, Buffalo. No. Knowing my luck, when I be super amped about something, it be like, <laughs> you excited, Tony? Well, check this out. No. You really do have that mutant ability. Oh, my God. To the fullest, so people be thinking like you, you're joking, but you're dead ass. I'm dead serious, man. My my mutant bad luck gene is trash. So yeah, so that that's my first plan in New York City. You know what I'm saying? Oh but, no, they. Uh, I mean, they posted biscuits on their page. So. Okay. Don't play me when I get up in there, y'all. Right. And they got pretty good smoothie there. They got good food, period. I like their food. I used to go there all the time when I used to work at the Museum of Natural History because it was right up the block. Mm. Good stuff in there. I remember the decent smoothie and the biscuits. Yeah. I remember having food, but I don't remember the food. I remember the biscuits. I think you got mostly biscuits, though. I ate some. When we ate there, me, you, and Tab, I ate some regular food, too. Mm. I just don't remember it. I have it on video somewhere. Yeah, cue it up. <laughs> I definitely had some biscuits though. And when I went to audition for SNL, I made a special trip there to get the biscuits in the rain with some Jordans on. So yes. I'm dedicated. Peace Food Cafe. 
uh, sponsor your boy. I don't know if y'all do that. That's weird. Dedication. Um, but try it. <laughs> yes. Okay. The next question is, mm. Eric Payne asks, what's the best decade of movies? Ooh. Best decade of movies, huh? Coming in here with the hard-hitting questions, eh? Okay. Hmm. All right, well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to take off the table. Anything before my lifetime is off the table because I don't really go back to movies from the 60s, 50s, and 40s like that. So I'm going to take those off the table. Um, so now we coming in with the 70s is potent because I like a lot of movies from the 70s. Shout out to The Godfather 1 and 2, Goddamn Jaws, Piece of the Action, Uptown Saturday Night. Um, what's that? Let's do it again. Halloween. But I don't think the 70s is going to make the cut for me. So now we dipping into the 80s, 90s, the 2000s, 2010s. The movies that really impacted me the most, though, are going to be the 80s just because, for me, everything was new. Everything was, you know, hard-hitting, everything. The movies movies affected me more in the 80s because I was young. I was impressionable. It, I was experiencing so many things for the first time. Like, I remember the feeling of Back to the Future in the movie theater and how I felt when I left that movie theater. I was like, yo... That was the best shit I've ever seen in life. I can't believe, I cannot believe what I just watched. It was like I enjoyed that movie from top to bottom. I wanted to be Michael J. Fox. It went off. It said to be continued. I was like, yo, what would that sequel look like, man? He went to the future, came back, souped up the DeLorean, and they, they took off. It was like I didn't see that coming. It was just like, oh, my God. The ending of the movie was so exciting. It was just like, oh, it was it was the perfect experience. I was just like, yo, Back to the Future is the best shit I've ever seen. And then, like, you know, leaving Ghostbusters and being like, oh, my God, man. And Ghostbusters and Back to the Future came out within the same time period. It was just like, oh, oh, <laughs> Ghostbusters, man, I can't. I can't take it, man. The, oh, they was just going after ghosts. The special effects at the time, it was funny. It was, oh, I wanted to be a Ghostbuster. It was just like everything was hard hidden. I was like, oh, I can't believe what I'm witnessing here. And so um, those movies were really just resonating in my soul and in my spirit. It was just like, oh. I would just leave the theaters like, oh, man. And then... um you know, movies from the 80s like, uh, goddamn, you know, Coming to America and like 48 Hours, me me falling in love with buddy cop movies like Lethal Weapon and Running Scared and Stakeout and just, you know, just really the Lost Boys and like, I'm just like, oh, movies. And it was, that's where my love of movies really, you know, began and like, and also, movies were ruining my life, too. It was like The Thing and with Kurt Russell, 
ruined my goddamn life. Like The Shining with Jack Nicholson, Evil Dead 2, American Werewolf in London. These movies ruined me because I was so scared. I was like, yo, I can't sleep, man. I'm telling my mom and my brothers, yo, I can't sleep. How are y'all sleeping? How y'all going to sleep after what we just witnessed? Ma, can I sleep in the bed with you? Boy, just go on in there. Man, I'm scared. How are you not scared? Like, I was in awe of people just going to bed after they saw some wild shit like that. How can you watch the thing with Kurt Russell and just go to bed? How can you watch Evil Dead 2 and just go to bed? I was I was just flabbergasted. You know, and so so many movies in the 80s from from Batman, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Transformers the animated movie. Um so many movies just, you know, ET and like god damn, it's just so many. So I might have to give it to the 80s just because of the impact it really had on me growing up as a kid. Uh, I don't know why the chat's so quiet now. Just growing up as a kid, I might have to go with the 80s just because at the time that it hit me in, hit me in the mouth. Because in 1980, I turned four. Wait, 78, 79, 80. No, I turned, I turned three years old in 1980. So... You know, as I'm getting older, you know, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, and 89, I'm just like, yo, I'm really piecing together my life and my thoughts and my opinions and all of this. And like Aliens in 86 is like my favorite movie. Aliens, Die Hard, goddamn, man. So I might have to give it up to the 80s. For me, for me personally. I know depending on when you were born, your answer is going to be different, but those 80s movies were something special for me, man. For real. What about you, Sabrina? What, what decade you going? The 90s? Yeah. yeah. I don't have a long-winded reason. That's when they hit you in the mouth? Yeah, like, punched me dead in the face. Mm. And I said, yeah, do yeah. it Do again. you go back to 90s movies a lot? Yeah. Is that your yeah. most go back toable decade? And I go back to nineties movies, shows. It's a lot. Yeah, nineties like, was crack. Nineties is potent. Nineties was good times. Nineties, man. Let me see what the nineties 90s, 90s movies were. I can tell you right here. You sitting who, with I the forgot who I'm Google right to. here. Lion King, Speed, Pulp Fiction, Leon the Professional, Independence Day. You already know how I feel about that. You know what I'm saying? Goddamn, uh, Home Alone was 1990. Oh, Edward Scissorhands was 1990. Bad yep. Boy, 95. Goodfellas was 1990. It was 1990. You want to talk about ruining lives. Backdraft in 91. <laughs> Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise in 96. Twister. I really liked the Truman Show. That was from 90. Truman Show. I watched that a lot. Sleepy Hollow with Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. Misery. Toy Story. The Toy Story was a good one. Yeah, man. Menace to Society. Menace to Society. Boys in the Hood. Juice. New Jack City. The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element. Romeo and Juliet. You know what? Titanic. You know what, man? Maybe I'm changing my answer. Ooh. Carlito's Way, Seven, Candyman, Casino. 
God damn. Don't the, be a medicine the, South the Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Clueless. I might have to go. I might have to change my answer now that I'm sitting here listening off the night. Do the right thing was 89. Do the right thing was 89. Oh. Join me. Join me. Because the, the 90s. 90s was potent as hell, man. But the movie, the movies didn't impact me the same way. But the it's 90s. It's a lot of watch rewatchability. Hell yeah. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. I seen that. Bad Boys. Shit. Oh, Malcolm X. Terminator. You know what? Blade. Blade. Oh. <laughs> I might have to go with the 90s, man. Forget it. But it was just the 80s impacted me so much. My young brain. And mm-hmm. that's when my love of movies began. It, it was easy for me to be like the 80s. And yeah. I watch Back to the Future still to this day. Boomerang. But coming coming to America was 80s. That's arguably Eddie Murphy's best movie. 48 Hours, I love. Lethal Weapon 1 and 2 was all in the 80s. But we got juice, man. Got juice. Fresh. Um, Yeah, that's why the 90s is it it for me because I was all in on the 90s. Yeah. I was like, ooh. And my mom just... Set. Like, you know how kids nowadays have screen time? Yeah. My screen time was like HBO. <laughs> like uh, my mom yeah. would just put me in front of the, t- the TV. The Saturday night premiere. My mom's such a movie head. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. I, I was I was more uh, aware in the 90s. Total Recall. Set it off. Yeah, man. The 90s. Scarface was the 80s. New Jack City. It's <laughs> a lot. Armageddon. Armageddon is a guilty pleasure, though. Oh, um, you did mention Titanic. Uh-huh. And I just watched a video um, about... Fight Club is overrated, but keep going. ...about the truth of what they saw on the Titanic. So you know how in the Titanic movie, everything was lit up as it was going down? Yeah. The second that the ship hit the iceberg, it was pitch black. So all people heard were screams and they had no clue that the floor was falling from beneath them. And they were just literally, they didn't know what was happening around them at all. It was pitch blackness. There's even a video out there that that, uh, they like remade what happened. And you see all the lights completely shut off. Even the survivors were like, "Yo, it was pitch black. We didn't didn't know what was going on. We didn't, we know the screaming. There was screaming, there was... It was terror, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's no music, obviously. Right. You know, it was just pitch black, screaming, craziness, panic, all of that. I, I wonder what, <laughs> the, I last wonder thing I saw what the, uh, the moon was like that night. Mm. Because that, that would be all you had. Like, I yeah. wonder if you can look out, I mean, look up what phase of the moon was when the Titanic sank. Because if it wasn't a full moon and you just out there, because you're in the middle of the ocean, mm-hmm. ain't, ain't no ain't no lights. Yeah. But if you're inside the ship, as a lot of people were, it don't matter. It don't matter what the moon look like. Yeah, even the moon is not that bright in, on when you're out on the water. That reflection is only so much. Yeah. But it is bright, though. It be, it's, no, it's bright. It's bright because it's the only thing. But as yeah. far as like the effects it has on... Yeah, how you can see. Is I didn't even think about inside the ship. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking outside. Man, inside. I was thinking inside. It's this. It's just. It's this. And all you can do is hear yeah. things happening. 
mm-hmm. and having no idea where it could go. This. They said that they all all they heard was uh, screaming and the sounds of metal breaking. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Man, that's a horrible death, though. I was obsessed with the Titanic in the eighties. Just I was just obsessed about what really happened. And then they were having these little TV shows about we found the Titanic and we're looking at it. I was like, oh, oh. I was obsessed with it uh, growing up. But man, that's tough. Man, it's it's so scary. I'm gonna send you the video. But uh, for those who want to look up the video on TikTok, the Instagram is FitzDizzle48. F I T Z D I Z Z E L four eight. Um, I don't know if it's still on their TikTok, but if you look up Titanic on uh, on Twitter, somebody tweeted. And the reason why this came up, this woman tweeted, crazy realizing it was pitch black during the sinking of the Titanic. Mm-hmm. In the film, everything is lit up. But when it actually happened, no one could see anything. A huge structure buckling beneath them. And all they could hear were screams and loud creaks of metal. Like, could you imagine getting plunged into the sea before even realizing you were sinking? Ooh. The true horror, to be honest. God damn. Yeah. And, then and the some... ocean is terrifying. Oh, it's absolutely. Somebody said the way they mistreated lower class, the lies, the crash, the dead. They could honestly make a horror movie out of the Titanic. I would watch that. God damn, man. Whoo. I never even thought about the darkness aspect of the Titanic. So scary. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. What's up, Afro Geeks? Yeah, I just you just reminded me when you said Titanic. Man. Because I remember Tough. Just, I remember uh reading about it and just being like, yo, no. <laughs> just no. And the video, I was like, hell no. That's so scary. And then if you do happen to make it into the ocean, mm-hmm. you're freezing. Freezing, because it's a fucking iceberg. An iceberg. Jesus. A berg of ice. A horrible death. <laughs> How many people died on the Titanic? Uh, let's see. How many people did we lose? Well, not we, but we lost. Because, man. 1,517 people were killed out of 2,200 passengers and crew members. God damn. Whew. It's determined. We don't know. but And the know. bodies were just there. I'm sure they they probably didn't even. There's probably so many there. That's Especially back in the day, it's not easy. They probably, probably went back to clean it up now because you know history loves to go back and be yeah. like oh pieces of the titanic there's this house um damn did i ever tell you about that growing up my, my dad used to love taking me to this oh, house yeah. mm-hmm. that always had like titanic memorabilia in the front it was by uh chelsea Piers. and if anybody remembers this this is from the 90s um it was it was so interesting it was like it really fascinated me and then when i watched the movie i was like oh this is what the house was about. Yeah. Like, it's just so crazy to see. And I think that the woman, like the, the famous woman who survived, she mm. was around for a while. And I went to that house in the 90s when yeah. she was still alive. I don't know when she passed. Let me find her. But, Old. Uh, 
Man, I remember just being so fascinated, like, bro, this is crazy. Oh, she died in 96. Is that why you were scared on the cruise ship when we went? Man, oh, I remember. Because <laughs> you were scared. I could not have a good time. I thought I was going to have a good time. I'm like, hey, this is going to be a good time. Yeah. And it was that moment when we were looking out into the water uh-huh. at night, and I realized, fuck, we're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. This is it. I'm not, and it's funny, I'm not scared of death. I'm just scared of being stuck. (laughs) Stuck. The thing about cruise ships, though, what I've noticed on being on so many cruise ships is that they don't stray too far away from land. Like they, they, they put you on a cruise. They wanted, they wanted to, to feel like you're just out on the big, vast ocean, but they, their little path sticks close to to land. It's not it's not too too far. Like they they might be little little pieces here and there where we're kind of far from everything, but usually they try to stick to um, you know close to land as possible. Even when uh even when you're on flights and like you're flying to like Japan from the U.S., they'll kind of they'll kind of go up a certain route rather than just go straight over the ocean. They'll kind of go up, you know, up the West coast and up by Alaska and then kind of curve back down that way. It's as to not be too far away from land. But, um, yeah, like if you look at, if you look at the, not the flight plan, but the, you know, the navigation plan, you'd be like, Oh, okay. All right. Let me just, you don't want to just be out there, butt ass naked, Surrounded by hundreds of miles of sea on each side, just in case anything might go wrong. But man, it felt like that. Yeah. If if I was like, if I had the gear for it, I'd be like, all right, let me explore the ocean while I find my way back home. Because mm-hmm. I I really want to know what's going on under there. Oh, I always be thinking about what's underneath the ocean, baby. The ocean, baby. Man, this is terrible. Yes, Lorita, I'm well traveled, man. Get in on this well traveled life, Lorita. Lorita don't want to leave the block. <laughs> Take a trip, man. So we're just like, nah, man, they looking for me. Ain't nobody looking for you. <laughs> yeah. Get get on the trip, man. We got another question. Um, we do. We have quite a few. Marcus J X, and it's kind of on the it's the same theme. Uh-huh. Best movie theater snack. Popcorn? Popcorn, of course. I'm gonna go with popcorn. That's my go-to. That's my. I feel like I need it. Everything else is, you know, uh, expendable for me. Uh, I need that popcorn. Like I, I love the smell of it. I love smelling popcorn being popped. The butter. I love all that. I just be like, uh, it just it sparks something in my brain. Um, so popcorn for sure. Number one with a bullet. Shout out to you know nachos. Shout out to uh, Reese's Pieces. Shout out to some Twizzlers or some Red Vines, whatever they got on that on that spectrum. But for me, popcorn. And now, you know, now you got movie theaters. You can get a whole meal. You're getting fancy now. The theater we went to, the La Mail, they got uh, they got vegan nuggets. They got uh, samosas. samosas. Yeah. Pretzels. I always want to call them mimosas, but yeah. samosas. Yeah. 
I'm just like, yo, they trying to change the game in here. I ain't going to lie. When I took the popcorn, well, I took the nuggets and I, I put them in the popcorn. Uh-huh. That combo right there might be my new favorite snack. That's, that's it for time. me. Yeah. That's it. They, they messed up because I'm pulling up. I really like popcorn. I love popcorn. That popcorn the other night was really good. I, was I tore it up. I was enjoying that popcorn. I was sad on that last bite. Man, I was like. That might be the best popcorn I've had in a while. My favorite I, popcorn, theater popcorn. It might be at Edwards, man. Edwards. Regal, I mean. Regal, my bad. Because, man. But, yeah, they had vegan nuggets at that theater. The LaMail, the LaMail, LaMail mm-hmm. movie yeah. theater. They a- got one AMC. in North Hollywood, and they got one in Santa Clarita. And... Well, I don't know. I don't know if they had the vegan nuggets in North Hollywood. I'm sure they would, but the one we went to in Santa Clarita, they had the vegan nuggets and the samosas. And AMC now carries vegan nuggets. Ooh, look at AMC! I haven't tried theirs yet, but I want to. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Vegan Options. What's your favorite snack? I just said. Oh, that, that it's those the two combination. Got to be together. You? It doesn't have to be together. Cam? Yo, Cam's in here, y'all. Cam's yeah, back. They've been asking mm-hmm. about you, Cam. Yeah, they're like, well, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, favorite movie that are snack? Probably Sour Patch Kids. Oh. Yeah, yeah didn't see that coming. Man. Sometimes or the, the Bunch of Crunch. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. Cam hitting us with the with the surprise picks. Right. Okay. Okay. My favorite used to be uh what's the little caramel chocolate joints in the yellow? Isn't the yellow Rolos? Rolo. No. Yeah. Is that what? Was that in the, the movie foil, theater? They're in like the gold foil. Yeah. They had those in theater? But I don't, I don't think that's what I'm thinking about. It's oh. something else. Movie theater snacks. I got to look it up now. And then also, I really like the ice cream. The little balls. The mm. little vanilla the bon with chocolate. Bon bonbons. Man, I yeah. love bonbons. My mom used to always, whenever she went to, um, to Blockbuster, she would get a movie. Pick me up some popcorn and bonbons. Bonbons. And... Give me that whole experience, and it was so good. Milk does never did it for me. I would eat them, but oh, there would never duds. be no emotion on the milk does or the sugar babies. No, they weren't. A, they weren't a big. Nah, that's what I was talking about. I love milk, milk does. Oh, I bad. loved milk. Does. I like oh, the no, ones that were I'm that were now. malt <laughs> balls. What were the ones that had malt on the inside? The malted milk balls. The malt balls. Just, um, milk duds. Milk duds. I like milk duds better. Wait, what? Yeah, oh, you're milk duds and you brought it back Not to milk, milk duds. duds. They're malt yeah. balls. They're called malt. Yeah. No, there's one that's just a chocolatey malt with ball. no malt in the middle. What's oh. that one? With no Whoppers. Whoppers. Oh, Whoppers. That's the one with the malt in the middle. Whoppers. I like Whoppers. Yeah. Hell yeah. Whoppers. Because I'm a fan of malt. Mm-hmm. Like I used to make malts all the time. I, I don't anymore. But man, a good old vanilla malt. Oh, mm. yeah. Remember last time we were in New York, we got malted shakes. You I, remember? I that? got one. Oh yeah, I brought them to the. I brought chopped cheese, vegan chopped cheese, and vegan malt shakes. Oh. And they would. I got video of that too. Yeah, when it comes to eating, I got video of it. <laughs> I got footage. Food. Mm-hmm. Um, but good question though. That was a great question. What else we got up in there? Um. Stimson J. Cat, this was a last week question. Mm-hmm. Would you rather someone buy a ticket to your show knowing they couldn't make it but wanted to support or leave the ticket unsold for last minute people? Oh, he asked this on uh Oh, we answered this on Daddy Issues. Oh. Yeah. But to answer that, 
I would rather you buy a ticket and not make it because a ticket sold is a ticket sold, baby. So, and that's that's what they that's what they looking at the comedy club tickets sold. So if you can't make it, I you know buy the ticket, and if you can't make it, it's still a ticket. So now if you ask ask for the refund, then you're canceling the ticket. So, but you know, uh, but yeah, buy those tickets, man, for sure. Um, Nana P asked uh-huh. back to the movies. Favorite sneak in food. What's your favorite thing to sneak in? Mine was Chipotle in Burbank. Oh, like a whole meal? Okay. Oh, I, I used to sneak in Chipotle the whole bowl in. and some chips. And I used to <laughs> all day. Um, oh, and Ike sandwiches. I like a good sandwich. Because um, I still like for it to be easily handled in the has, dark. That's the thing. Yeah. If it's messy, then like then you got food all over yeah, you. You're it's distracted like, from the movie. And your, hand, right. your hands are dirty. and. So it's got to be something, something that's easily handle, handleable. It's a good job. <laughs> handleable. You did it. <laughs> um, but that Ike sandwich was a good time. Man. Ike's. I like, if you got an Ike's near you, check them out, man. You make some good sandwiches. I don't think I've been to Ike's. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. You never been to Ike's? I don't think so. You like sandwiches? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got good Get sandwiches. Get their Dutch crunch Ike's. bread. Dutch crunch, okay. The Dutch crunch bread. A good burger in the movie theater is a good time, too, because it's easy to, to eat. Oh, uh, sushi. <laughs> I was eating sushi. Oh, she was eating sushi in the theater. I was. <laughs> You've seen me eat a lot Sabrina of stuff in the movie theater. food in the theater. She'd just be grabbing it. <laughs> Sabrina be like, I'm not hungry, man. Let's get this movie. And then she'll get outside the movie theater. I'm hungry, man. I'll be right back. And then she no. go get food. Oh, yeah, before the movie theater. Mm, yeah. Right before. Like, right before. I like, I, I really enjoy watching something while I eat. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it like triggers one, like if one thing triggers the other. Yeah. Like if I'm eating, I already know I have to watch something. Mm-hmm. The movie theater might trigger my hunger. It oh. might be a thing. That, definitely, you know, I definitely have to it's eat. Possible. Yeah, it might. Yeah. I definitely have to eat. I don't like watching the movie and I'm not eating something. It don't even feel right. Like I like eating, I obviously like eating popcorn, but if I can get a whole meal and the popcorn, greedy. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm hungry right now. Man. Oh, I can't wait to cook. Big today. hungry. All right, what else we got? Um Marcus J asks, this was also last week. Tony Stark Iron Man versus Bruce Wayne Batman. Who would win? I feel like uh Bruce Wayne is a better fight strategist. Everything the same, yeah. Than uh Tony Stark. He's got the martial arts edge. So he's, he's got, got both the tech and the martial arts. Yeah. So that kind of beats. Because once he comes in with an armored suit that can hang with Iron Man. It's all about the fight. At that it's point. all about the fight. Yeah. And once you get to the fight aspect of it, he's going to trump Iron Man in the, in that regard. He's got the training. He's got... Because you, you can say what you want about Iron Man. He's a genius, but he hasn't trained on the hand-to-hand tip. Look at, look at in the in the movies, like when... When the Winter Soldier went buck wild at the at the at the station, or when I, him and Cap fought, yeah, like Cap, it was would like, Cap beat him. Cap beat him up, man. He got jumped. Yeah, but, but they beat him. And so, I feel like Batman would have been able to hang a little bit better, even though even though I think Captain America would beat Batman hand to hand because he is souped up. He's like he's literally engineered to be souped up. If they just fought in draws, 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, Batman beat Superman, but was that only because of the kryptonite? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Because Superman doesn't have any fighting skill. Yeah, he just has to hit something. Yeah, he's just super yeah. strong. Like, he doesn't have the training. But Captain America, he's he's super, you know, he's got the super speed and the super strength with the agility and the reflexes. So with that being said about Tony, remember that scene in Civil War where when a soldier gets loose and everybody's trying to fight him, you know, Black Widow's trying to fight him, that girl from S.H.I.E.L.D., and then, you know, Tony Stark, luckily he had the little armor glove to do a little something. All he was, all he was able to do was just, you know, disassemble his gun. But then he got dispatched quickly. So it was like, you know. But then Black Panther had to come in and actually do some some work. Um, but with Batman, he wasn't able to hang a little bit better with Winter Soldier on a short notice tip. So for a fight between Batman and Tony Stark. I'm going to go with Batman. Bats. Old Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, we also have another versus question. Oh. Eric Payne asked, Andre 3000 or Nas? We we should know this answer. Oh, I mean. Right. This is a silly answer. Nas I mean, silly is question. my favorite. <laughs> silly question. Now... If Andre was to make more solo albums and, you know, really give us, you know, solo, solo bars at length, you know, Andre could definitely creep up because Andre is in my top five. But given that he just gave up on music and Nas is, Nas is in his second win this deep in the game where he's making really good music. Nas is is my pick because he has the the catalog. Nas is like uh let me count the albums real quick. Illmatic, it was written, I am, Nashadamus, Stillmatic, God's Son, The Lost Tapes, uh Sh- Streets Disciple, Hip Hop is Dead. Uh, the Untitled album. We all know the name of that album. The album he has with Damian Marley, Life is Good, um, the Kanye one, uh, King's Disease, King's Disease 2, and uh, Magic. That's 16 albums. And you got Lost Tapes too. That's 16 albums versus, you know, Outkast with Southern Playalistic, AT Aliens, Equimini, Stank On You, The Love Below, Idlewild. That's six albums to 16. So Nas just got a lot more, man. He gave, he gave me a lot more bars out here. And I didn't even count the Firm album. So, yeah, Nas for me, man. Tough. Big time. But, but, don't get me wrong. Andre 3000 is one of my favorite ever to do it. Like, his his raps, his his bars, his uh, fluidity as an artist, crazy. But he walked away. He walked away a long-ass time ago. Mm-hmm. And he's just showing up on features now, so, you know. Which I ain't mad about. 
I'm not mad at all. I'm not. I'm not mad. I like, do I like, do you? Like but it. when it comes to somebody that's still <laughs> putting out good music, and Illmatic is the the best album ever ever made, in my opinion. I wonder if we'll run into him in New York because I've seen him walking around mad casual. I'm like, bro. Estero knows him. Oh. We can probably get a. Be like, hey man, pull up. He's he's a really nice guy. Get a bead on him. I like him. Like he's got good energy. So he's, he's like you when it comes to people pulling up on him. Oh, good. Yeah, he's got that good I energy. I pride myself. Yeah. Giving good energy when people know me. Yeah. But then, but then when I get to know you, oh, that's when my energy gonna change. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is there another question before I get into this movie review? All right, I'm gonna review a movie, y'all. And then we out of here. Um. So me and Sabrina. We watched, oh, I had it, had it pulled up. Why are they going to play me like this? We watched a movie called X. Um, It's a horror movie. Sla- well, would you say slasher? It's a slasher film. Okay. Slasher film. Slash. <laughs> All right. So it's a movie called X. It's, here's the premise. In 1979. A group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas, but when a when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. That's the premise of the story. So it's a movie called X. They set out to make a good porno movie in the 70s. Um, and the producer really wants, he wants to do like a Debbie does Dallas. Like he want he wants this movie to really resonate and just become this, this thing that everybody's talking about rather than just make, you know, a standard, you know, porno flick. They have, you know, grand schemes on this. Uh, it's directed by T.I. West or T. West. I don't know if you pronounce it T.I. or T. It's, it's literally the letter T and I. He's directed such films as Them. Oh, Them. Remember that TV series? That I I was movie night in Them, and I just checked out. Oh, yeah, because it was, yeah, 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 I remember. I think I think that's, what is it? Wait, is that? Is it the same one? So he's done a TV series called The Soundtrack, The Resonant, uh, Chambers, The Passage, The Exorcist. These are all, so he's done a lot of TV directing. He did a movie called In the Valley of Violence, um, The Sacrament. He also directed VHS in uh, 2012. I, I heard a lot that. about VHS. I actually watched it. Did you that. see it? Mm-hmm. Was it good? It was cool. It was a, it was a ride. It's on Netflix. He directed Cabin Fever 2 um, as well. So it's not paranormal, though. There's no there's no supernatural theme in this movie. It's literally, it's literally, imagine you airbnb in the 70s. Somebody got an outhouse, a guest house they got out back. They're going to let you rent it out. Not an outhouse, but <laughs> the guest house in the back. You know what I'm saying? In rural Texas. Outside of Houston in the 70s. One of the stars of the film is black. Just throw that in there. Kid Cuddy was the black guy. Um, so Kid Cuddy's in this movie. Um, Brittany Snow is in this movie. The guy, uh, what's his name? Martin Henderson. 
mm-hmm. uh, Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, who was in the Scream movie. I think that's who. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah she was in the Scream in, uh, movie. Scream, yeah. Um, Martin Henderson, Owen Campbell. So Stephen Ur or Yuri, uh, James Galen, and I meant to look up. I meant to look up who the old lady was. Oh yeah, because it was definitely. But I don't want to. You know what? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not yeah, even gonna yeah, say nothing. Right, but right, anyway, right. Um, so basically, they come in to make a porno movie, and they want to make a porno movie that's really gonna stand the test of time and really resonate in the porno community. And that's what we all want. When you make a porn, you don't want it to be disposable. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. want it to make a mark. You want it to make a statement. You want it to be the porno that everybody's talking about. You want a Debbie Does Dallas. You want a. Uh, What's that one? Deep Throat? Yeah, Deep Throat. You want to, uh, what else has really resonated with, uh, uh, with I feel that. like now, so porn, is, it's, it's so much porn. You can find any and everything that you're looking for. You want a booty talk series. You know, booty talk really resonated in the black community. Oh, man. Booty talk? Booty 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 talk talk 89? Booty talk 62? Come on, man. I definitely. And we can't forget Booty Talk 44. That was the one. Uh, I remember Snoop Dogg had the porno joint going. he wasn't actually smashing in there, but he was he was partying and rapping in the beginning. Obsession was in there. I used to like Obsession. I don't know where she is now. She was in the vibrant thing video. But uh but porn, don't don't get me started on porn. I also so, want to mention Young and May has a good one too. A good what? Porn. It's not. Oh, she's she got, not in she it. But she directed. She directed it. Really? It's, it's really good. Who's in it? Um, what's her name? Uh, Honey. Honey, I follow. Oh, Honey Gold. Honey Gold. I yeah. Honey um, Gold. and there's like a few. It's a. It's it's obviously a lesbian porn, but uh-huh. it's like it's very. You could tell a woman directed it. Okay. It's very like nice and sensual and like mm. sweet, and I'm like, oh, it's a good okay. time. I enjoy this. It's a good time. Yeah. You feel warm? Yeah, I was like, aw. Uh, so they set out to make the Great American Porno Movie, 79, Airbnb it, let us use your uh, guest house. But, you know, they didn't tell the old people, yo, we here to make porn in your guest house. You, you, you just don't you just don't lead with that, okay? And it's an old man and his old wife, and they out there making the porn, you know, doing the scenes, making the noises, and, uh, you know, things get weird. You know, the old lady's out there looking at them while she, you know, she out there old, but she won't in on this. <laughs> she won't in on this sex. And, like, she's old, though. Like, she, she's like, yeah, I won't in on this. She watching and looking through windows and being creepy. And, you know, he's just out here just trying to make porn on your property, man. Mind your business. Mind your business when we trying to make porn on your property, man. Nah, sonny. I want in on this. And like, you know, it got real, it got real uncomfortable watching this quite a few times. And no disrespect, no disrespect to old people, but, you know, we all going to get there. We all going to be old one day, but I I just didn't want to see it. I just never wanted to see old people get it in. No disrespect. I don't want. I don't want y'all to think I'm over here like, man. You know, you really coming down on the. I'm just being honest. Even when I'm old, I don't even want to see myself getting it in. I'm like, man, hey, put the turn the mirror to the other side. 
for for me, my old self, personally, you know, I already got body issues with myself. Then when I'm old, look out. But she was just like, let, let me get in on this. And so she watching them. She kind of peeping game and seeing what's going on. And, you know, um, the cast was all right. Like Brittany Stowe's character and the girl from Scream 2 and Kid Cudi and uh, Martin Henderson. It was an interesting group of people. Like, you know, everybody had their motives, you know, um, Martin Henderson was the executive producer. He wanted to be like, you know, I wanted to make something that's really going to resonate. And then the director, um, he was like, I want to make art. I want to I want to make this porno movie artsy. Like I wanted to really, you know, just show something that we haven't seen in this medium. You know what I'm saying? So he's thinking he's thinking artistically. And like Britney Snow's character is like, I want to be a star. You know what I'm saying? And, I, you know, I'm excited about what I do. And this is what I do. This is who I am. And, we, you know, of course, I'm a star. She already sees herself as a star. And then you got the other girl who was kind of like the main focus, really. And she's like, she's doing the cocaine because it is the 70s. You got to, got to get the cocaine going. She's like, you're going to be a big star. She's telling herself this in the mirror, which resonates to me that, she really doesn't believe it, but she's trying to talk herself into it. Like, I'll do whatever it takes. I'm doing this because this is what you got to do to make it in this. And then you had the other girl that was the boom operator, the one from Scream, and she was just like, this was new to her. Like, I didn't sign up to be, you know, boom operator on porn. You know, what's going on here? So she's all new to this. So you have that dynamic going in. And then you got the creepy old people who, who's whose guest house you're renting out for the porn. And then things get creepy and things get slashery. Now, mind you, the film opens with, you know, grisly murder. And that's where the sheriff comes in. It's like, you know, you got the sheriff coming in, boots first. He got his boots on. He got the 10-gallon hat and the shades, toothpick. Sheriff, you're going to want to come see this. That's always something that's said in any type of horror movie or any type of thriller. The deputy always rolls up on the sheriff. Uh, sheriff, you gonna want to come and see this. And so when he going through the house, you you, it's something you need to see. And that's setting up the audience to be like, oh, oh, what we got to see? Like, you know what's going on? And then they always show him something, and then they go see it, and they be like, oh, for the love of God, there's always that that moment. Oh God, they take the glasses off and be like, oh. Lord in heaven. It's always something like dramatic. Oh, God, God help us all when they take the shades off. Um, I don't know why in my movie notes, I wrote note, notes during this movie. The gas prices in 1979, it was 69 cents for gas. They had a sign up that says 69 cents a gallon outside of Houston, Texas for gas. Bring those prices back. Another thing I noticed, whenever they set movies in the 70s, they always got a girl barefoot with her feet on the dash. It's a pet peeve for me. Feet on the dash. I do not like it. I don't condone it. I'm not with it. I know you're trying to get comfortable, but feet on the dash. If you're going to put your feet on the dash, Whoever's vehicle it is, ask them if it's cool. Don't just throw your feet up on the dash. And I notice whenever they do the feet on the dash, the feet are always clean. 
in real life, <laughs> your feet going to be dingy because you've been roaming around. Unless you just got out of the shower and got carried to the vehicle, are your feet going to be that crispy and clean? But they, and Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish, even though he didn't direct this, but I know he has one. He always highlighting feet in his movies, women's feet. <laughs> they got their foot on the dash. One girl had her feet out of the car in Death Proof. Um, so there's that infamous scene in Kill Bill. With Kill her Bill. Was she trying to get her toes to work? Mm -hmm. yeah. And we looking at Uma Thurman's toes for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And Uma got the she got the mountain. She had that long second toe like me. And I was just like, oh, she got the mountain going. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Uma Thurman, man. I really her character in Kill Bill, one of my favorite movie characters. Um, also, in these movies, this is a note I wrote down. Whenever you go to a creepy house, somebody always sees somebody staring at them from the upstairs window. Whether it be an attic or whether it be upstairs, there's always their shot. Somebody outside, and they glance up, and they see somebody looking through the window upstairs. Always that shot. Whether that person exists or not, whether it's a ghost or not, whether it's somebody creepy, there's always that moment. Oh, hey, I'm outside. Let me look up in the window and then you see somebody looking. Have y'all ever had that moment? Have you ever had a moment where you were just looking at a house and you randomly see somebody you don't know looking out the window at you? How'd you feel? What happened? When did it happen? How did it happen? Let me know in the comments below. But they definitely got this shot in the movie. And also, this movie has the 70s camera zoom outs. They get the 70s. They didn't really have the 70s camera zoom-ins, but they got the zoom out. We're going to go to the wide shot. And that's very 70s to me, like 70s, especially on the slasher flick tip. They're going to zoom out. They're going to pan out slow or fast and zoom on out. So we get that shot as well. Um, and I noticed, I noticed when it comes to... When it comes to porn, I'm not comfortable with women looking young. Mm -mm. I'm just it's it's never it's never my thing. Y'all know I own that I as I watch porn. But when it says teen girl gets, I'll be like, skip. Cause even though, even though I may know that girl might be because I'll check. I'll be like, "Well, how old is this this porno actress right here?" Oh, okay, okay. Like I have to know you're grown, but if you look too if you look too young, I'm out of there. And so, the the actresses in this movie look young, so it's just like here we go with this. And you know, I've never I've never really been comfortable with the teen aspect of porn. Like, I need you to look like a grown woman. I need you to look like a grown woman. You ain't got to look mad. You ain't got to look like the lady that's been stalking the kids in this movie. You ain't got to be like, oh, I still got what you need. You don't have to be that old. You don't have to be Mildred. But I need, I need to at least know you grown. You can buy liquor. You know, you, you're grown. You, you're somebody's aunt. You might have a few kids. I need, I need to know this. I need to know this. Yes, milf, milf porn is, is up my alley. Because, oh, you, you know, you grown. But they be throwing milfs on you too early in porn. They be like, milf? She's 28. What are you talking about? 
No, that's a mill. I'm like, what are we doing here in porn? <laughs> that's true. You're creeping me out, man. She's 28. That's milf. I'm like, all right, man. Y'all are weird. I mean, is the only criteria that they have to be a mother? They got to be a mother? Yeah. That's the vibe. Mother, I'd love to, you know. So at least I guess it counts you could be a mother at 28, but still, man, come on. When we think milf, we think in 40s and up. <laughs> At least I would think, you know, but that's neither here nor there, man. Uh, but forget all that. Y'all want to know the review of the movie X. Well, here it is. Oh, yeah. I'm giving the movie X. Actually, I'm giving the movie about three saxophones out of five. You know, it was solid. It was entertaining. But it pissed me off. A lot because you know they do dumb shit. Every slasher flick, you gotta do dumb shit. And they was doing dumb shit. I'll give you one one or two murders where it caught you by surprise. After that, man, you gotta you gotta know something ain't right. And then I was getting I got grossed out a few times. I was just like, all right, I got a little uncomfortable. But it was creepy. It's a strong three, soft three and a half. Cause it it was, it was entertaining. It stuck with me. I didn't know what to expect, so I like I like coming into something new like that. And I feel like this was a new angle for a slasher flick. It was like porn, and they didn't really shy away from making the porn videos. Like they really, sometimes they kind of sat in certain scenes a little too long. Well, I was just like, all right, this is getting uncomfortable. Can we cut? Um. But overall, you know, a decent watch. If you're not if you're not squeamish about sex and you know slashery gross stuff and you know old skin, <laughs> you could you could you could probably sit through this because skin sometimes turns people away. I'm trying to remember. It was a movie where, oh, Big Trouble in Little China had an effect on me skin-wise. And I'm going to just go in the wild, be looking at skin. I'm trying to say this correctly. Old, pale skin. I'll be like, you get that involuntary reaction. Ever since I saw the movie uh, Big Trouble in Little China, when David Lopan was his, in his true old form, remember how he looked in that movie? He was like super old and there were spots everywhere and it was just like, and then when he changed, his, his skin started pulsating. I was like, ha, ha. Just that little, ha, ha. And, like, and I'm going to have that skin one day. But I'm sure I'm going to look at my skin and be like, ha, ha. <laughs> But if you can handle that, and check it out if you're into if you into these kind of movies, man. But that's that's my smooth jazz review, man. Uh, what what you giving it? Sabrina? Um, How many saxophones? I'm gonna give it a four because I think it's gonna be a cult classic. It's definitely cool. shot with the uh, same feel as like other classic uh, horror explo- exploitation films, mm. as opposed to like a Carrie and stuff like that. But like yeah. Thriller, they call her One Eye is one of my favorite. Um, 
old school Didn't horror. Didn't Quentin Tarantino bite off that? He did. He did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and did. what year is that? Oh, 1974. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, uh, Last House on the Left, but the 1972 version. Mm-hmm. Also reminded me of that a lot because yeah. it kind of has the same vibe. Uh, definitely love that movie. And all these movies have like a cult following and then mm-hmm. they remade it and then now it has a whole new thing. And then I Spit on Your Grave. Um, also another really good classic. It ha- has that kind of feel. Yeah. 1978. Not in the 70s, but Necromantics is also one of my favorite films um, from, 80, from 87. Mm-hmm. Um, that is... You have to be prepared. I'm a real big horror fan. I like, I love bad horror films. I like old horror films. I like low budget horror films. Um, so you saying you an easy audience for this? For horror films, mm. I I don't like. It's Are funny you like Tony Valentino I, ritual movies. I am. I'm <laughs> definitely like picky about my horror. Like if somebody's like, oh, I love horror films, Saw, and I'm like, no, mm. you like. You like the basic horror films. Like, mm. if you haven't watched any of the movies I just named or Zombie, which is one of my favorite zombie films, and that scene, there's a scene yeah. that they paid homage to that film, Zombie, in X. So for that, it got a full four because it's like, I see the old school 70s yeah. in this movie. I saw you mention that director when it happened. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, this is a classic Dario Argento <laughs> moment. Yeah. And like, and I'm such a nerd when it comes to that. So mm-hmm. seeing this, I was like, okay, this is giving me everything I need and yeah. it actually scared me. You know, and like there's some points where I really did jump and it's hard to make me jump during a yeah. horror movie. I'd be watching, I'd be laughing. You you've seen me laugh at like people dying. I I just I don't know why yeah. it's an impulse. I'm like, this is a, why he died like that. But like <laughs> this really made me You be jumping though. I do no, I do be jumping. There's yeah. a lot of but like when it comes to horror, like I'm suspense suspense films, I'd be jumping. Yeah. But like horror films, a lot of it is so like, okay, I know what's about to happen. Yeah. But yeah, if you like classic horror movies, you're gonna like X. But if you are going in it with the new horror movie expectation, you might not like it. And I don't mean to call y'all basic, but y'all you need to explore basic. more horror films. Um, because there's so many things that aren't really popular and I'm not trying to sound like a hipster, but it's like, there's a lot of things that aren't, uh, (laughs) what's the word I'm looking for? Mainstream. Mainstream. There's a lot of like non mainstream horror films that y'all need to get into. What's your favorite mainstream slasher flick? (sighs) My favorite mainstream, probably Halloween because it's Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) I love Halloween. Like, I love the, the holiday, and also I love um, the music is classic. The The way it's shot is also classic. Yeah. Uh, the cinematography, obviously, is just, like, it birthed so much out of it, mm. and it's just everything about it is just, like... You know who directed it? Who directed it? John Carpenter. Oh, John Carpenter. The man uh, who directed the movie that ruined my life, The Thing. Oh, yeah, The Thing. <laughs> oh, my God. It ruined my goddamn life, Cam. What's your favorite <laughs> slasher flick? Yeah. Oh, oh. Which one stuck with you for a long time? Scream. Oh shit! You really oh. ain't about this life. <laughs> you easing in now? Man, I'm such a fan of horror. Man. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. And there's this like big like uh, it was cold it was winter time. Yeah. And all the snow 
And you know how, like, when you open doors sometimes, the fans go? Yes. We, none of us expected that, and we all, like, screamed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the Shining ruined my life, too. Yeah, I remember Oh, The Shining. Um... I don't really consider that a slasher flick because it has a supernatural yeah. element to it more so than he turned into a slasher, but it was like the supernatural led him into it. It was a weird setup for the, but um, slasher flicks never caused me to lose sleep. I was always able to handle those better than supernatural or alien type movies growing up. And so like I could handle Jason and, Michael Myers and, you know, the guys, you know, just coming in and staying, sleep away camp, me coming in. I'm like, <laughs> I would, you know. Yeah. Now, Freddie, oh. hearing about Freddie scared me more than actually seeing him because uh, he, when my brothers were talking about Freddy Krueger for the first time, I thought they were talking about a real person. It's like, yeah, when you go to sleep, he kills you in the dream and you really die. I just walked into that. And I was like, ooh, I immediately started crying. Is he considered a slasher? He's a I don't supernatural. Know if he's considered it's like half a slasher. He's a because supernatural he, slasher. Yeah, yeah, so I left him out of it. Because that would have been he my would favorite. Be your favorite. Yeah, of course. The first one? Uh, yeah, because it was like, I had such a, this is going to sound so ridiculous, but I had such a crush on him because it was like, oh my God, I'm getting horror and comedy in one because yeah. he was so right, funny. Right. Um, was he funny in the first one? He was ridiculous. I feel like he he wasn't bringing the jokes then. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the I gotta one. rewatch. I gotta rewatch him, but I feel like he didn't start getting really funny until. And that's also, I think, Freddie might be the reason that I love horror. Freddie and uh, Chucky for sure. Because I wasn't zombies. My no, my cousins try to scare me, uh, and yeah. they try to play it like, oh, let's, let's watch this movie together, and then like try to lock me in the dark. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is a good time. I was like excited to play with my cousins because I was young, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is fun. Um, so I had the opposite effect on me of what they expect. They expected me to be scared, and I was just became it became an obsession. Like, yeah, that's um, your origin story. I, I do feel that. I agree with you. I think Halloween is probably my favorite slasher mm -hmm. flick because Michael Myers actually scared me. He yeah. didn't scare me into, you know, life ruin. Mm -hmm. But the mask and the complete lack of personality yeah. is just, that mask is super scary. Oh, now if Candyman is a slasher flick, he's supernatural too, though. Yeah, that's kind of on the side. But he's a slasher oh, yeah. for is. sure. That's a supernatural yeah. slasher. That's a whole another genre. Candyman, if, if okay, if Candyman is considered a slasher, that scared me. Yeah, and I was I was older, and Candyman got me to where I was like, man, I kept thinking about him <laughs> when I went to the bathroom. Was like, man, turning on the light before I walk in, just and then <laughs> peeking in. Yeah, Candyman, and then he was in Chicago, so it was just like, yo. Candyman was uncomfortable for sure. But anyway, y'all. Oh. Oh. Marie asks, and this is important because of the conversation. Uh -huh. She said, what's the difference between a slasher film or just a horror? There's a bunch uh -huh. of subgenres. There's yeah. slasher. There's uh, demonic, supernatural, supernatural monster. Mm -hmm. um, Alien. There's sci-fi horror. Yeah, sci-fi horror. Sci horror. So are we saying like horror is the broad one and then each like slasher is a subsection of yeah. horror. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. Yeah. And then there's like gore. Uh, yeah. There's even rape revenge, which is considered yeah. horror. Like spit horror. on your grave. I spit on your grave is yeah. rape revenge. Um, 
there's is so many different subgenres yeah. of horror. Home invasion type yeah. joints. Uh, like Hush. Hush is another good one. That was good. I yeah, like that. Yeah, that's one. on Netflix if y'all want to see it. Then you got suspense type. It's so many. They oh, can all fall under that same umbrella. So the basic genres are gore and disturbing, which is necromantics, mm -hmm. psychological, which is God, there's so many. Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, Serpent in the Rainbow, which kind of mixes, that kind of mixes in all kind of stuff in that one. Um, there's Killer, which is where you know uh, slasher, crime, all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, Monster. Which is like zombie, vampire, werewolf, all of that. We got to wrap up. We got and wrap then up. paranormal. Oh, yo, and I just watched Christine the other day. But anyway, uh, let me know your your favorite slasher flicks in the comment section below. Um, also, if you saw the movie X, let me know what you thought of it in the comment section below. Uh, appreciate you guys, and uh, yeah, man, we out.